So, we're on our series called When Love Speaks. I thought I got the name wrong there. No, When Love Speaks, three words. Um, and to be honest, I love this series like, so far. And, and before kind of, we started this series, um, I'd seen the, the image of the picture on the back, kind of the graphic and stuff. And I was saying to Sam, who designs all the, the pictures and does a lot of the visual stuff, and he's kind of heads up communications here. I was like, Sam, man, this is cool. I love this vibe. It's kind of, it's a bit kind of moody. It's kind of like, you know, introvert. It's just cool, man. I loved it. But to be honest, what I love more than the, the picture is um, I love this title, When Love Speaks. When Love Speaks. Like, as soon as I heard that, and I sat and thought about it, it just struck me. When Love Speaks. And it struck me because when we look into the Bible, um, there's obviously, the Bible says lots of things about God. But there's one verse that I'm sure lots of you will know already. And it's, um, it's found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. And it says this, it says, God is love. God is love. Those three words. Which is, um, which is why I think I love this series so much. It gives me a greater perspective on it. I mean, we all know this verse. You know, I know I've heard many people use it before. Like, I think sometimes people use it in not quite the right way. Like, there's been some times where, um, where, you know, I've been with people and they're like, oh, well, Josh, I love eating chocolate till it makes me throw up. And so because of that, and I love it, does that mean that it's like godly? Because, you know, I just love to do it and God is love. And so, right, eh? And I'm just like, ah, not sure you quite got the memo there. Not sure. doesn't really work like that. Um, but you see, God is love. This is who he is. It's in his nature to be love, that he is love. In the same way that we say God is good. He can't be anything other than good. God is love. And so when you read through the Bible, I sometimes like to do this. I, I kind of, you know, well, when I read the word God does this, I kind of put in the word, substitute the word love instead. And I'm like, love did this. Love does this. You see, it's, it's kind of like another name for God in a sense. Um, and so, you know, we can do kind of like loving things. We can do nasty things. You know, we're all people, but this is different. This is when love speaks, this is different because it's coming from God. It is God who is love. And so it's a completely different thing, which is, which is cool. So um, when Jesus obviously came to earth, he came and he became a man and he lived on this earth for 33 years. And when he came, he came with a specific task. He came with a specific mission. He knew what he was here to do. Um, and, and the incredible thing is when Jesus spoke, when love spoke many times throughout the Bible, we see that things changed as a result of what was said. When love spoke, people changed. You can read it. You read about all the people that changed in the New Testament, the Old Testament. People changed when love spoke. And, um, and, and you know, love was active. Love would move people. Um, you know, love would give dignity to people that were there and would, were marginalized or were kind of like outcast. Jesus, who was loved, would, would give them dignity. Jesus would speak challenging words sometimes, you know, giving like the hard truth, the thing that people didn't want to hear, but they needed to hear. Love would do that. And it was ultimately love, who was Jesus, who sacrificed himself on a cross, died on a cross, giving himself up for us. It was Jesus. It was love. And so what we're doing is we're, we're not looking at all of kind of the words that love spoke, but we're looking at love's famous last words, Jesus' famous last words. 
as he was up there on the cross, he, he'd obviously gone on this journey, and here he was, about to die, knowing he was about to die, knowing he was about to take the punishment for the sin of the world, and he chooses to say these few words, and that's what we've been looking at over the past few weeks. So on the first week, Mark um, you know, brilliantly spoke to us about, about forgiveness, and how Jesus has this offer of forgiveness, which is extended to all of us. Not only that, but last week, James spoke about um, how you know, God doesn't just want us to experience forgiveness, but he wants us to, to be assured of it. He wants us to have an assurance, to have a, a, a confidence in the fact that we are saved. And so we've spoken about that. We're on to this week now. So Jesus was, um, was, was up on the cross, as you say, and, uh, and in the madness of everything that was going on, he kind of looks down and he looks and he sees two people. I mean, there's lots of people down, but his eyes kind of focus on just two people that were just below him, which was Mary, his mother, and John, who was one of his closest disciples, you know, probably his best friend while he was here on earth. And we can read this. This is found in John chapter 19, verse 25 to 27. You can follow along if you like. It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, so there's a lot of Marys, by the way, just to say. Um, and when Jesus saw his mother, Mary, there, and the disciple, John, whom he loved, standing nearby, he said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Now it's so important when we're reading the Bible that we, we don't just, it can be so easy to kind of just glaze over this and not to really kind of put ourselves there, to think, why was Jesus saying this? What was he speaking to? Where were John and Mary? Where were their hearts? What were they feeling at this moment that Jesus, you know, chose to say these words to him? And I think we only have to look, you know, through the New Testament, really, to see just how crazy, how pressured Mary's life would have been. I mean, think about it for a second. Think about it. Like, from the moment that she was told that she was going to have a child, there was this immense pressure, this immense expectation that was placed on this child. I mean, this child was not just any ordinary child. This was a special child. This was an expected child, a child that the scriptures for hundreds of years had predicted would come, had, um, was expecting to come, and was waiting on. You know, this is a lot of pressure for Mary to be told she's going to be carrying this child. But not only that, once the child is born, see that the child grows, this baby becomes a young boy. The boy becomes a teenager. This teenager grows up to be a man. You know, Mary's there for the whole time looking after him. This, this baby has learned to speak, has learned to walk and, and talk and, and is now growing. And Mary was there the whole time. You see... When Jesus was, um, when Jesus was, um, when she was pregnant with Jesus, she was told that Jesus would be special because he would save his people from their sins. I'm sure Mary maybe didn't know the full extent of what that would look like. You know, maybe she didn't know that he would hang on a cross one day. But ever since Jesus was born, I'm sure there would have been this looming expectation of something was going to happen. Something was going to happen to Jesus. You know, they weren't going to stay this nicely tight fit family unit forever. Actually, it would come to a head at one point and something was going to happen. 
Um, and that's what she had to deal with. I mean, later on in Jesus' ministry, just before he was kind of taken to be, to be brought to the cross, that Jesus was arrested. And imagine being Mary at that, hearing that your son has been arrested, but this isn't for things that, that he's done. This is for things that he hasn't done. She knows Jesus. She knows that he is innocent. He has done nothing wrong, has done nothing to hurt anyone. And yet here it is, Mary, her son, has been arrested, is being charged with things that he hasn't done, is being shamed, is being ridiculed by people, is being spat on and beaten. And, and she has to deal with that. It's incredible to, to think where she must have been. You know, I, um, I'm obviously not a mum, if you've never figured that out. And, uh, and, uh, and I, you know, I never will be. But, you know, if I ever want to try and kind of get a picture for what this must be like, um, you know, there's some great places out there to go. I mean, obviously the Bible. And um, there's, um, there's a film that I don't know whether you've seen called The Passion of the Christ. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a, a fantastic film, actually. And, uh, you know, I try and watch it, you know, at least once a year because it just helps you to really visualize what happened? It helps you to get a clear picture. What happened to Jesus as he was going through this process that led up to the cross? Um, and there's this moment in the Passion of the Christ, which, uh, which always kind of sticks out to me. And um, it's where Mary is, or sorry, Jesus is kind of, walk, he's carrying his cross. And he's walking through the town, kind of up towards where he's going to be crucified, up towards the hill. And he's carrying this cross, and you can see him. His body is like, it's just in absolute shreds. Like, there's, there's blood all over him. He looks so tired, like his eyes are like blistered up. And he just, he looks a mess. And um, he's carrying this cross up. And you can see Mary, all the while as he's going, Mary's just kind of there between the buildings, kind of like looking and watching as Jesus goes. And you can just put yourself in that position, just thinking like, this is Mary. This isn't... This isn't just some random woman. This is Jesus' mum who's having to watch this happen right now. And as she sees him kind of carrying the cross, and he, he falls over at one point, and, and the cross just lands on top of him. It just he's like out of energy. And, um, and she has this instant flashback to when Jesus was a child. And she can remember how he was a child kind of running up some steps, and he trips and falls and, you know, hurts his knee. And, um, and Mary was there, though. She was there to be able to kind of go and pick him up to comfort him, to be able to hold him in this time where he was in pain, to kind of to, to make him feel better. And then she comes back to the present again, and she's looking at this Jesus, her son, on the floor in so much pain, and she can't do anything about it. And you can just see the pain that's on her face. You see, this is, this is the life that, that Jesus has had to deal with, constantly being scorned by people, constantly being... Um, you know, um, people like criticizing him, mobs of crowds trying to attack him. Um, this is what, what she's had to deal with. And Mary has been there the whole time, seeing this happen, knowing this is happening. Um, and it's all just run up, all kind of climax at this point now where Jesus is now in front of her. He's on a cross. He's, he's beaten. He's broken. And her, as his mum, she just has to like look at him. And it's, it's, it's horrible. You can imagine the grief that's going through Mary in that moment. And that's what, we, that's what we're talking about when we read this. This isn't just Mary as she was a few years before. This is Mary who's seen all of these things happen and is now looking at her son in incredible pain. And Jesus sees this. He looks down. He knows what's happening. He sees what's going on. And he looks and he, um, he, he gives her 
the greatest thing that he can give her. He gives her his care. You see, he could give her gifts. I'm sure he could give her any number of gifts. But to be honest, what is more important, what the greatest thing that we can give, that any of us can give, the most important gift that we can give is our care, is our own care. And that's what Jesus does. He looks, and he looks at John, who is the person that he trusts the most. And, he's, and then he looks at Mary, the person that he loves the most. And he says, he says Mary, mother, you're going you're gonna to take care of him now. And he's going to take care of you. From now on, you, John, are her son. And Mary, you're his mother. And from then on, they, they care for each other. You see, this, I believe, is so important for us not to miss this example set by Jesus here. It's an incredible example set by here, especially in 21st century Milton Keynes. Um, it's, it, it, we got to not gloss over this because I, I believe firmly, and I'm, I'm a young guy, and so I, I see people around me, that, that we are, um, we're obsessed with being independent. We want to live this life that is independent. We want to live this life of following our own dreams, following whatever we want to do. Um, you know, we don't want to be defined by what our parents have done. And, uh, and we want to kind of just pursue our own things. And, and there's this like culture of wanting to separate ourselves from whatever our parents have done before. And I think it's, it's great that we're wanting to pursue our own dreams. But the backlash of that is that it's so often our parents our mothers and our fathers that are getting forgotten. They're getting forgotten. And you see, this isn't how God had intended this to be. This wasn't his design for the family. No, when God had designed family, he designed it that we would be a unit looking after each other. I mean, there's a reason he put it as the, the fifth commandment that came in where it says that we should honor your mother and your father. Honor your mother and your father. This wasn't a negotiable. This wasn't just a good idea. This was, this was God, what God was saying. He was saying, you need to do this. This is so important. Honor your mother and your father. And so if you're here and you're kind of saying, you want to you wanna please God today, or you want to know how to please God, then love. And love starts at your home. Love starts in your home. See, love doesn't start when you go on a mission trip. If you go over to the other side of the world and you're kind of serving people there. I know that's loving, but that isn't where love starts. In fact, love doesn't even start here in church with each other. It doesn't start in your neighborhood or with your friends. Where love starts is in your home, with the people that are closest to you, the people that are with you the most. That's where love starts. And so where love, godly, Christ-like love starts is with your own family. And so we learn a lot about how to love someone through the actions of Jesus. You know, if I'm saying that I love someone, but my actions do not show that, then probably I don't love anyone. <laughs> you see, Jesus didn't just express how he felt to John and Mary. He didn't just express and try to convince them, saying, I do love you, I do love you. No, instead, he expressed the full outworking of that love. He didn't just waste time just trying to talk and just trying to convince them. Instead, he demonstrated it for them. I'm so glad all the time, and I'm thankful for God um, and for Jesus, that when Jesus came to earth, he didn't just spend his time just only telling us, oh, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, just saying it in word. But actually what he did is he demonstrated it for us. There's a verse in the Bible that says that God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's an action. 
That is the full outworking of his love for us and to us. And so, you see, love is also an action. It's a, it's a doing word. I like to think about it as a verb as well as a, as well as a feeling. Um, and so when we talk about loving people, it is not simply enough for us to kind of say that we know it in our mind and to kind of speak it. But actually, if it's not changing the way that we act towards people, then something has gone amiss here. Something's gone wrong. In fact, I'm going to uh, wonder if I can demonstrate this for a second. In fact, Liam, are you able to come and give me a hand? Is that all right? Brilliant. Liam's going to come and give me a hand. I just think, um, you know, whenever I kind of think about this and I think about kind of the outworking of love, this is, this is kind of like the way that I that I like to kind of think about. It's just a simple illustration that might just help us a bit. I need to move this out of the way because um, Liam doesn't know what's about to come. It's brilliant. Hey, man, you're right. Hey, dude. I love you, man. I love you, dude. I love you. I love you. I love you, dude. <laughs> I didn't even push you. I love you, dude. I love you, man. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Get up. I love you. It's a bit silly, isn't it? It's a bit silly. But I think that it works here. You know, there's probably loads of you guys here today, and you're kind of like looking and leaning over to your, your husband and your wife like, you know, I don't think he loves him. I don't, it really doesn't look like he loves him. He's a bit of a liar, I think, a bit of a hypocrite. Um, thanks, Dean. Can we just give a round of applause for Liam? Because... Uh, <laughs> He's done this every service, and he's got, like, he's got, like, burns on his arms and everything. And so, you know, that's love. He's just expressed that too, which is great. <laughs> but you see, love is so much more than just the words that we say. Love is the full outworking of that. It, it flows into, um, it flows, you know, firstly out of what we know and then out into what we do. Love is the full expression of that. Um, and so I'm sure some of you are here today, and you're kind of, maybe you've already thought, of someone in your mind, but you're kind of thinking, well, I know, Josh, it's great you're saying that I need to love everyone, but what if there's someone that I don't love? What if there's someone that I don't really like? What if there's someone that they don't like me? In fact, they hate me, you know, whoever that might be. Or maybe you're here and you're kind of thinking, well, Josh, but you don't know what I'm going through at the moment. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm ill, I'm sick. I don't have time to kind of like be showing love to other people. You see, when we look at Jesus, it didn't matter what pain Jesus was going through when he was up on the cross at that moment. Think about his body, beaten, bruised, a mess, to be honest. And it didn't, it didn't matter to him the pain that he was going through or what the world was inflicting on him in that moment. Instead, he saw the need. He saw his mum in that moment, and he showed her love. See, further than this, Jesus, um, Jesus shows us a step more. He says this. Um, he said this a couple of years before he was he was killed on the cross, and it was uh, it found in Matthew chapter five, verse forty-four. It says this: "But I tell you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous." If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? See, see, that's even the people that we don't like. Even the people that we can't get along with. I don't know who that is. Maybe that is your parents. Maybe that's your mum or your dad and you're there. You're like, I don't get on with them. Maybe it's a family member. You're like, no, we don't talk. I don't, I don't like them. They don't like me. 
We just do our separate things. Maybe it's someone at work or someone that you, that you know that you've fallen out with. Whatever it might be, whoever it is that we feel this dislike to, Jesus showed us and is showing us a different way. Jesus is calling us to love them, to show them care. There's, um, there's a great quote here uh, that kind of helps me to kind of think about a way that I should act or a way to kind of go forward from here. And it's by a guy called Greg Morse, and it says this. When you feel called to love someone, but don't feel any love for them, love them until God helps you feel it. Okay? I'll read that again. When you feel called to love someone, but don't feel any love for them, love them until God helps you feel it. You see, Jesus doesn't tell us to just wait until you feel like loving them or wait until they want to receive your love. Jesus says, just love them. Just love them. I'll change your heart as you love them. Don't worry. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be working in you. Love them until you love them, if that makes sense. (laughs) You see, the flip side of this is that if we only treat the lovable with love, we only treat those that, that want love with love. And we actually treat everyone else, or, or the, the guys that we don't want to show love to, we, we show unkindness to. Then what happens is it causes this cycle, I believe, where when we're not showing love to them or when we're showing unkindness, all it does is breed more unkindness in us towards them. And it just creates this vicious cycle. And um, I've, um, there was a song that kind of came to my mind in preparation for, in preparation for this. And uh, it's by... Uh, a great band called the Black Eyed Peas. You guys ever heard of the Black Eyed Peas? Yeah? Absolutely. Did you just say it? Who's that? Tash, who's that? Mm. Where is the love? Great song. Um, and, uh, and I was thinking about this, and um, just these two verses from the song kind of came to my mind. And so I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll read them slash rap them to you guys here today. <laughs> Don't know why you're laughing. My mixtape's coming out this summer. Okay, check me out on SoundCloud. Um, says this. But if you only have love for your own race, then you only leave space to discriminate. And to discriminate only generates hate. And when you hate, then you're bound to get irate. Yeah. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> Madness is what you demonstrate. And that's exactly how anger works and operates. Man, you've got to have love just to set it straight. Take control of your mind and meditate. Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all. 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 Something like that. Now, it's great because the thing is, I really think the Black Eyed Peas were onto something here. You know, I really think they understood what it means to kind of be able to show love to more people than just the people that we want to show love to. Because like they said, if we are only showing love to the people that it's easy for us to love, then what happens is it just breeds this, this anger in us. It breeds more bitterness in, the, in us towards those people. And that's what I think Jesus says. He says, look, it's better for you. I'm not saying this because I want to put you in a difficult position. I'm saying this because it's better for you. Do not just love those that love you, but love everyone, including your enemies. Love when it's hard. See, ultimately, as 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 says, we love because he first loved us. It's such an important verse to remember. The only reason we can love is because he ultimately first 
loved us. That means that God loved us. He loved me. He loved you, all of you. God loved you while you were unlovable. God loves you while you were so preoccupied in what you were doing. You didn't even know God. You didn't care about him. And he still set his eyes on you and he chose to love you. What a way to live. And so if we're going to become more Christ-like, then we need to become more like Christ and start loving others regardless of who they are, regardless of how they act towards us. And that's a challenge for all of us today. I don't know where you guys are at. I don't know, you know, what's been going on in your life. I don't know if you're in sickness at the moment or if things just aren't going well. I don't know if you've fallen out with someone this week. But the reality is, if we're going to love in the same way that Christ loved us, we need to love him. God will work in you. He'll work in your heart. The Holy Spirit will, will work in you as we do that. We need to love others. And see, out of that love that, that God pours into our hearts, what happens is it pours in and then it overflows. And that love can then overflow out into others. But it starts with understanding and knowing how loved you are by God. You can't do anything if you don't know how loved you really are. He loved you so much that he sent his only son to die in your place. Died a death on a cross, was punished for our sin. That's the love of God. That's how he demonstrated it. Let's, um, let's pray. And then we'll close. Father, thank you so much for the love that you have just poured out on us. God, thank you that you didn't treat me as I deserved to be treated. When I deserved death, you chose to love me and give me life. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus for all of us here. Thank you for sending Jesus that, that if we believe in him, we'd be made clean, we'd get a new slate, and we'd, we'd have this awesome relationship with you. Thank you, Father, for your love. Father, I'd ask that you empower all of us here today to love in the same way that you loved us. May we be little Christs walking about loving our enemies, loving those that persecute us, regardless of who they are and how we're feeling. God, we need your help. We need your Holy Spirit to work inside of us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Cool, guys. Well, I mean, obviously we're at the, the end now, but we've got... Um, it's going to be people to my left and, and people to my right as well that would love to talk to you. If you've got anything that you want to talk about, any questions, or maybe you just want someone to pray for you, please do come forward and, and speak to them. Other than that, guys, we hope you have a great Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm sure it's sun shining outside. Um, so have a great day, and we'll see you next Sunday um, for the next one in our series, Love Speaks. Thank you.